it's been a day. Guys, how do you keep your energy high? <laughs> that is our main question right now. Apple cider vinegar isn't cutting it. And besides eating healthy and not overworking, I just don't know what to do. <laughs> besides, like, sleep. What, like, magic pill in a bottle can you give me? <laughs> that isn't just not working that hard and sleeping more. Because none of those are really options right now. Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking, fucking killing, killing Me. I'm Rainy. I'm Corinne. What's up, pals? We're back at you. And this weekend, we're going to sound like broken records, but y'all, right. Madison Burgess' show is on this weekend. It's called Indispensable. It'll be at the Commons, which is 587A College Street, and it's running Friday, Saturday, Sunday at 8 p.m. Tickets are cheaper if you buy them online, and $15 for art workers, $20 for regular people, the normie mm-hmm. norms. And if you buy them at the door, they are $25, so take right. advantage of that online service. Yeah, you can find the event on Facebook. If you just type it in that little tiny search bar, if you go to Eventbrite, type indispensable in that tiny little search bar, it'll take you right to the ticket page. Do it. Yeah. It's also in at That's So Rainy's um, Instagram link right. bio. So you can go there too. Great. Audition season. <laughs> <laughs> I blankly stared at you. Again, if anybody has any resources for keeping their energy levels high that's not sleeping right and not taking on too many things, get at your girl. Help us. Help us. We're concerned. Um, guys, it's audition season. We'd like to as a unit, wish you all a very, very mm-hmm. um, happy edition season. Good luck. You're amazing. If you don't get cast in anything, you're still amazing. And don't let people define your success because fuck them and ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> May the odds be ever in, in your favor. favor. <laughs> Much like Grant writing season. <laughs> um, newsletter. We have a newsletter. It's coming at you guys four times a year. It's not going to be spam. Go onto our website or anything that we've posted on Facebook lately, and you can subscribe then. And please, what are we going to have on it, Corinne? Um, there's going to be a community board with events and auditions and shows, workshops. Um, there's going to be a forum section where we ask our audience and and listeners to engage with us a little bit about questions that keep coming up on the podcast or things we keep hearing about people. Um, there's also going to be uh, links to past guests. If you're like, oh, I listened to that great episode and I don't remember who it was, but I want to like know what they're doing or where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. So subscribe. Please. And we hope to connect all of you great. through that newsletter. <laughs> um, today we have the lovely Roy Urbanozo. And we're very excited to sit down and chat with them. Thank yeah. you guys so much. Here we go. My name is Roy Urbanozo. I am a former studio manager turned entrepreneur. I run the Dance Plug Toronto and also perform Escape Creative Studios. Uh, check me out at the Dance Plug TO and Perform Escape on Instagram um, and the website www.performescape.com. In my, so I'm doing my <laughs> master's at York right now in dance, mm-hmm. and um, one of the professors there, her main research is has a lot to do with um, VR, which is like virtual reality and et cetera. And, and like she- performance, like watching things in VR? Yeah, and then, like, also, like, simulating, like, so, like, her, like, using, like, M-motion, and, like, attaching it to her body, and then it simulating it onto a screen in a separate form. Okay. So, she was showing us this clip, and basically what it is is now they have, it's just, like, regular people, like, in their house, and they take a video, and it can be, like, 
you know, Michael Jackson dancing thriller. And then they use these motions or like they track the person's body. And then basically what the computer does is like you're watching the screen and all of a sudden the person will just be like doing this to track their body. And then it just shows them doing like the exact Michael Jackson dance. So, and like exactly the way that he did it. That's crazy. So like they're going to be able to eventually on like big time movie sets or big time like musical movies, instead of using real people or dancers, they'd be able to use extras, anybody's polls, Mm. anything. Wow. Which is like kind of scary because I thought like, well, I mean, how much worse can it get for us? Like, machines aren't going to fucking replace us, right? But no, I'm wrong. (laughs) Yeah, so there's going to be, like, there's these computer programs that can, like, basically make you, you'll be watching something, you'll be like, oh, my God, this person's an amazing dancer. And then it, like, tracks, and it's just a person being like, that's me shaking, by the way. (laughs) So, yeah, technology is insane. Robots are here. Yeah, it's just, I'm just thinking about that, like, in movies, before you know, it's going to be in the classroom. Like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a scary part. I feel like it's already kind of happening. Like, I think because technology is just so easily accessible now. Like, um, Which is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, any, anyone can learn anything, but, I mean, they can also call themselves, you mm-hmm. know, like dance, that's, dancers, per se. You right, know? that's like, the, the tricky part. Yeah. We can learn anything, how to do anything on YouTube, which a lot of it has taught us what we know mm-hmm. via the podcast. Um, but at what point do you, like, call yourself a professional? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. With schools, too, I wonder if that'll just be, like, a different type of education. Like, are you talking in the sense of, like, teachers? Yeah, I think that there's, I mean, especially in the urban and, you know, hip-hop, there are just no infrastructures in place for any kind of certification process. Oh. Um, So it's not like, yeah, so it's not like, you know, not like ballet or, you know, I don't even know if there is one in contemporary, but, um, you know, there are obviously certain, like, courses and stuff you have to take before you get certified to teach right there just isn't something like that for urban dance or for hip-hop right um so yeah so what do you do you think there's going to be i don't know um you know i've i've gone to a couple panel discussions and you know the one thing that is very difficult is just that because art is very subjective um you know who will give you you know, the honors of, you know, certifying you, you know, or... Right. But that's like any... I mean, that's the same thing with university dance programs, right? Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. how do you how do you grade... Or dance programs, university art programs, right? Because mm-hmm. how do you put a grade or a level on someone else's form or art that they're doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we... I mean, like, we went to university for dance and you get graded in your technique classes but like besides participation and showing up every day how like are they grading you properly right but also like schooling is bullshit secondary schooling is bullshit because it's really like this whole academic institution academic institution is like getting so fucked up because professors to keep their jobs will just push students through and then students aren't learning you know yeah. So there's, like, this whole other, like, give and take that's happening between, like... There's, like, the politics of it. The politics of it that, like, is it, like, a... Yeah. <sighs> so there's that yeah. whole thing. Right. You run the dance plug. I do. Um, what? Explain to us what the dance plug is. So I think it was... It happened by accident. So um, my previous job, I was a... 
studio manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, like you know, a dance studio manager. A dance studio manager. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and right after I left, um, I started sharing a lot of um, events on my own personal account. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that was something that I, I guess, was doing before I, I took the job as a studio manager, just kind of, um, you know, supporting the community in that sense. Um, and as soon as I started attending events, um, I found that other dancers um, wouldn't have found out about these events if I hadn't shared it. So the following day, um, on my Instagram story, I decided to, you know, just ask my followers, um, you know, how would everyone feel with, or how would, how would everyone feel about a centralized Instagram account that shared every single event that was happening in the city? Um, and the next day, the Dance Block Toronto was born. Um, so yeah, we, we share a lot of, uh, different events. Um, we do a lot of giveaways. Um, I think the, the biggest thing for me is just wanting to just give back, um, you know, being an artist and just even working with artists. Like we know that it, it's a pretty, you know, tough environment to be in a very, uh, you know, there aren't a lot of opportunities and stuff. So, um, I feel like that platform was kind of created to alleviate some of that, um, mm-hmm and fix, fix a minor problem in, the, in a much bigger scale. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so how many followers do you have right now on the dance book page? Oh, man. Um, I think we just cleared about 2K. Okay, um, Yeah, so, I mean, the account hasn't been around for a while. I think it's only been about two months. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely gained a lot of traction since. Um, and, and it's funny because there are other markets in other cities. Some friend of, friends of mine, like, across the country have asked, like, you know, we need something like this, too. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I have a lot of uh, things that I'm working on at the moment um, and try to get into those markets. Are you going to franchise? <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, I, I mean, okay, I, I don't mind sharing this, but it's so I'm, I want to build an app. Um, oh, great. Yeah. That's so cool. the idea is, you know, have dancers, um, you know, choreographers, casting directors, you know, provide their own content mm-hmm. to the app. Uh, then what will happen is the app will, um, you know, organize, organize everything into like a calendar. And you pick and choose which kind of events that you want to see, and you'll be notified when they happen. Is this across all genres? Uh, it wasn't. So I think with Dance Plug, it was meant to just uh, focus on the urban and hip hop mm-hmm. um, side of dance because I feel like we're just very underrepresented at the moment. Um, but you know, lately I've been finding that a lot of contemporary artists are slowly starting to reach out to, and um, you know, we've had a couple of uh, people in, even in like the Latin world as well reach out so um you know i think that will eventually be the direction that we're gonna go mm-hmm. um but, that, but as of right now i think it's just going to be the like the herb or the urban and hip-hop and i guess right. contemporary as well so mm-hmm. you have to have everything in place before you just like grow exactly yeah yeah no for sure um you said something interesting before we turned the mics on that you never saw dance as being a career yeah um so a lot of so so one thing that um, a lot of people don't know about me is that my career in dance started in musical theater um yeah so as a kid um you know i i've done a couple like i played a lot of roles in some mervish productions um did a bunch of different um you know advertisements tv ads um and then I, I guess, you know, went through school and then, you know, found hip hop at in high school. And um, this was when I think Hernani put it in his last episode. He was talking about like urban choreography. And um, I think that was essentially where it kind of took off for me. Um, in the States, there was a um, 
a show called America's Best Dance Crew. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that is a show that you're familiar is it with. Still on? Uh, no, I don't think it is, but I think there is another one that's uh, getting pretty big right now. It's called World of Dance. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no. Right when America's Best Dance Crew, I guess, started, is kind of where um, you know the whole dance idea for me kind of started. Um, so we were in high school, a bunch of friends of us, uh, sorry, a bunch of friends of mine, we were in class and there was this talent show that, <laughs> that was advertised in the, uh, the hallways. And, uh, you know, we decided to put a group together, put, you know, uh, something on stage. And back then, like we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. Um, you know, we had no formal training, uh, YouTube, I guess just had started mm-hmm. and, um, you know, watching a lot of stuff on, um, videos, I think was kind of how it started. And then a bunch of us kind of like branched off, um, started going to studios, joined other teams, um, and got to know the community a little bit better. And, uh, yeah. With the dance plug, besides like the community gaining from it, which is great, is your idea to develop the app for you to have like your own personal gain in terms of like income? Because like at this point, the money you're making, or if you're making money off, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, um, that's a good question. Um, people who know me and know I'm a very selfless person. Um, so, you know, creating, if I were to create the app, like I wouldn't really have any intention of monetizing it. Right. Um, although I do see the benefit of, let's say, for example, we have, um, you know, a major event happening and they just so happen to be at the bottom of the list. Um, you know, maybe something as an add-on for the app would be something where, you know, they would pay premium to get themselves at the top. Right, right. Um, so, you know, small things like that. But, I mean, I don't intend of, intend on charging people to just even download it. Right. Um, I don't think a lot of apps... Do you charge for apps? No, I don't think they do. I think a lot of people do monetize through advertisements. Yeah. Uh, right. Which is something that I would prefer not to. Or, like, the pro version. Yeah. Like, you can have... I'm just, like... The first thing that came to my mind is like, oh, if someone wants to submit to you, they're allowed to submit one thing a month for free. If they want more than that, yeah. they yeah. can like pay for it. <laughs> well, it's still trying to figure out, you know, like how to run it. Um, right. Because basically right also, now like, you're just doing it out of like the goodness of your heart. Right? Yeah. 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 No, it's just, I <laughs> saw like. great, but they yeah. don't pay no bills. Yeah. Also, like, <laughs> exactly. Running Instagram accounts and like online presences takes, is a job. Like that's what people do for work. Totally. Fucking job. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that this morning about how, how, yeah, how you would, or how people that are running these types of social media accounts where it's for the community showing events, where their income is coming from, and if they've already are a company that's just then doing that as like a nonprofit project, right? Yeah. So, how you monetize that would be interesting and challenging. (laughs) I think it's something, I mean, it's definitely been a learning curve. I mean, for me, because I've never really, you know, put on the hat of entrepreneurship. It's definitely a completely different ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm learning a lot of things as I, mm-hmm. as I go along. Um, but one thing that I'm finding, especially when it comes to giveaways, like a lot of people are now willing to kind of give, um, whether it be for like exposure or, you know, and I'm just happy to just provide that platform that will, you know, give dancers or like even let dancers know that this kind of stuff is available for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that we recently um, gave away were a couple of uh, massage therapy sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of dancers, like, I feel probably aren't taking care of their bodies as, as well as they should be. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so, you know, we, we partnered up with um, the Holistic Connection. 
And, um, you know, they were kind enough to provide us with uh, two complimentary um, massage therapy sessions. Um, yeah. For like, like follow us, like us. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So normally with these contests, what we do is we, you know, we tell, um, you know, our, our followers to, you know, follow the dance blog and then follow the other account that we're partnering with. Mm-hmm. And then just tag, you know, two or three friends that you think might be interested in, um, you know, participating in this contest and then we announce the winner that's pretty much it easy it's just that simple and right now it's specifically for dance events and by that you mean shows it's not auditions um there have been a couple of auditions that um you know we have been sharing but i think like i mean my network is very limited at the moment so um you know they're only you know when i come across it in passing or if uh, someone tags the dance plug in it Mm -hmm. then we'll go ahead and share it right um but the majority of it um, are usually events, uh, whether it be, you know, full-length productions or showcases, um, some auditions, and even some, like, workshops and pop-up classes we'll, 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 put, we'll throw up on there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Smart. Cool. How long were you at the underground? Uh, exactly three years. Exactly. Uh, exactly three years. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that was, uh, it was a great experience. Um, I feel like I definitely learned a lot. And it was also a good time for me, too, because... Um, at my previous job, I was there, I was with a major entertainment company for a decade. Um, yeah. And I felt like after 10 years, I was like, okay, well now it's exactly. Um, and timing couldn't have been better. Like, um, dance was always, you know, I've always been around the whole dance community and, um, you know, when you pair it with the administrative, uh, administrative and the managerial side of things, it just seemed like the right fit. Um, you know, so when I took the job, I honestly came in not knowing what to expect, um, and, uh, you know, I think I kind of worked my way into, I guess, gaining the respect of the people that, you know, I worked with and worked for. Um, and, um, it's now, you know, one of the most successful, if not the successful studio at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your opinion, right, come from in being inside the underground running mm-hmm. it? What is your opinion on all of these like big studio pop-ups that are happening around the city that are urban focused, just dance focused, mm. right? Yeah. Um, and I mean, like we've had this conversation with Bo before, Yeah. About, like the whole idea as a studio runner, I'm sure a main part of your job is like the communication between instructors, people that are coming into the place. So how do you deal with things like videos in class? Yeah. And how do you... Do you, is it your job to change that policy? Is it your job to talk to these people? Um, I think the one thing I th- um, that you know we we prided ourselves on was just keeping an open communication. Um, so as, as much as we understand that you know videos are a great marketing tool to have, um, it could also you know work. It can also hinder you know our artists at the same time. Right. Um, so. Yeah, I think like, especially with these major studios now popping up in, in Toronto, I mean, you know, they've been around in LA for a while. Yeah. Um, so I don't think we would have, you know, gone that path if, you know, the ones in LA were doing it before. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I feel that there is room for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do, I do appreciate that other platforms are kind of, um, you know, opening up and providing, um, you know, a space for, for dancers to, you know, showcase their craft. Right. Um, but what, I think like what the most 
when I'm watching these like videos of these big time studios, what I always notice is like how focused the instructor is. Yeah. On the video. Yeah. So, so who's, <laughs> who's the studio? Want to name the studio? Yeah, it's Millennium. Great. Yeah. <laughs> we can 100 percent say that. But I will say, like, besides, I mean, it's more common. I've noticed in Millennium videos, but it's mm-hmm. everywhere, right? I mean, I've seen it at that one on College Street at, with, with instructors. I've seen it at, you know, I've seen it with. It's really like not a studio thing, and it's a lot of who the instructor is. I think, but yeah, I think that sometimes right. the class, the idea behind the class, gets a little bit. Yeah. Finicky, you yeah. know. Is no, it- and I and I definitely agree. Um, yeah. You know, when I look and and it's not just Millennium, but you know, when when I look at um, you know videos from other studios, um, I feel like um, the dancers should be the main focus, or just like having don't even have the the instructor in there in the first place, you know? Because yeah. in the video, yeah. yeah, front and center. Yeah, I've taught this class. You know, I've taught this one-hour class, and 45 minutes of it was choreography, but I'm going to stand here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I made up the combo, and I practiced it myself. Yeah, and it's, like, inherent, it's, like, in my body because I made it, so I'm obviously going to yeah. be the last. Yeah. There's, <laughs> that's, like, a whole issue yeah. that's happening. Right. It doesn't feel like a learn, for me. It's not a learning, it doesn't feel like a learning experience. Right, um, yes. Yeah. Like, if I, if, I mean, for me, if I were to go in into a class, um, you know, I personally would prefer that my instructor you know puts us first um i've heard like stories of you know teachers allotting like a crazy amount of time just for the video mm-hmm. which is crazy to me yeah. um, because they have full videographers coming in to do it right? yeah and i'm yeah. like you know there is also a place and time for that stuff i right. mean you can always book studio space you know outside of your designated class time to right. do that kind of filming you know yeah and invite um, dancers that you want in the video. Exactly. Right? And, like, make it promo material. Mm-hmm. As... And pay your dancers. <laughs> Don't have them pay you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's the other crazy part. If I'm paying to take a class, I want to learn something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's, like, insane to me that I heard about is that you pay for those videos, too, to post them on your own profile. I guess, like, you can pay to have the clip of you dancing it, but mm. you pay, like, a fee to yeah. get the... I think it's... I mean, it's... Uh... It's a bit. It's a weird way of looking at because looking at it because um, you know videographers or cinematographers in their own right are also considered artists as well, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. you know, at what point does it become theirs? Like whose content is yeah. it really? You know, so it's right. it's tough. You know. Yes, definitely. It's and I, I I completely understand the reasoning for why studios have brought in these videographers and why you know this has happened. It's because you know students were filming it and posting it without choreographer's permission and I am like understanding the like how it happened right you know it's just like there's also like little things that are happening I, yeah I, we need to find a way to organize it better because right now it's like a lot of the classes are just based on like hello that yeah. like who last who five I minutes yeah right yeah it's a weird topic but this all feels weird to be so performative yeah for like I don't want to see nothing, but like that, that's my impulse, you yeah. know? Right. It's not like you're going, it's not like a show, you don't have lots of practice. It's like put all of your skills to use in this five minutes. Right. Because it's near really shot. Right. I don't know. Um, were there, what was the biggest learning curve when you worked for Underground? Um, I think for me, just, um, you know, dealing with the different types of 
personalities. <laughs> yeah. Um, As a manager, yes. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I, I don't think that, you know, the people that I dealt with at uh, the underground were the most difficult in my life. Yeah. Um, you know, my previous job, um, I, I used to manage a couple of uh, movie theaters before I went into, uh, you know, corporate for Cineplex. Um, that was my previous job. And some of the people that you deal with there are just, they're insane. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I think that, you know, I've, I've built, you know, much thicker skin um, once I took the job at Underground. Um, but, you know, as, as you, you know, work the job, you, you know how to deal with certain people a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't think I, I would have, you know, built these really strong relationships if that had never happened. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I think that was the that was definitely the the hardest learning curve for me. Right, and were you with them throughout the whole renovation of the studio? Yeah, so um, timing was kind of weird when I got hired, I guess. Um, so uh, the underground wasn't even like a year in yet; they were just a brand new studio. And um, I guess a week after I got hired, um, there was a water main break literally outside the studio mm-hmm. and flooded the entire place. Um, and this is the one that I'm talking about, like the first location at 220 Richmond. Mm-hmm. In the basement. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, um, I honestly didn't know what to expect. I honestly thought I was going to lose my job because um, I was the last person out the door the night before. Oh. And I was like, I was almost certain that it, like there's no way I left. Any... Water. It's not your fault. No, I know. But like, yeah. I was like, did I leave? Like a lot of things go in your head. You know, did I leave up the water running? Like, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like we we went through this and like this entire um, renovation process, and I think we were out for about three to four weeks, um, and then as soon as uh, we opened back up, things just changed dramatically. Um, a lot of classes started to fill up, um, and for a long time we had like a really good problem of selling out classes and we were kind of turning away people at the door, mm-hmm. uh, which is a good, great problem to have. Um, but you know, how long can you keep it? Right. And then, you know, the expansion opened two doors down and yeah. Um, I think that's, uh, that's basically it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the expansion was strictly because the classes were filling up and you needed to expand. Exactly. Yeah. 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 There was such a high demand for, um, you know, people learning. And at the time there were two other studios, um, that I, I either were on the brink of closing or had already closed. So there were no other, um, you know, space for these dancers to, to learn. Right. Um, so, you know, to, to hear and, and just kind of see how much of an impact that one space created was, right. was pretty special. Out of my own curiosity, what is the rental rate for underground? Uh, you're talking about... For d- random dancer. Is there a dancer's rate or is there a um, commercial rate for people to rent it? Yeah, I think it's... Oh, I thought you were talking about the building, like how much they pay to be in there. Oh, no. Or you're I mean, talking about like renting space yeah, for like... For like studio. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It's been... Yeah. <laughs> it's been a few months. I know it's 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 a, it's conversational. Um, we don't. I don't think we advertise a what the rates are that are on there. But um, the owner Aaron, he's uh, usually good with like having conversations with people and just seeing you know what your budgets are, and we we try to work with you right. to to rent out space. Oh, yeah. that's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like how it should be done, right? Yeah. Not we, just like yeah. we were just having a conversation earlier this week about 
the state of certain rental studios in the city and it's like you're paying a premium mm-hmm. but this is not a premium studio yeah mm-hmm. there's not audio equipment that we need that we can hook up to we can't control the temperature in the room it's like 30 degrees also there's yeah yeah like we said technology's moving forward at this point why can't i just walk in and like either plug in my phone or hook it up bluetooth yeah right. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it needs to be adjusted. Mm-hmm. I think it's also, I mean, <laughs> the location too is everything. Yeah. Um, which is why you know, um, when you're a downtown studio, like, uh, and you're trying to rent space, it's obviously it might not be as affordable. No, no. Um, of course. You know, there are a lot of other options as well, but. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's actually not that many <laughs> options, right? Because Pia Bauman is. Yeah. Closed. Hub 14 just closed. They're currently trying to find... Or they found a new space. Not quite open. I bet you there's... Would you say under 20 spaces, studio spaces in the city? Set some parameters. Like within Toronto city limits. Not including Etobicoke, Scarborough, uh, Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Within 20 or under 20? I think... I would say under. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Let's, like, let's take out private... Uh, youth com- like right, youth yeah. programs. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Take out, yeah, dance studios. Schools. Dance yeah. schools, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's not that much space for how much. No. Um, how many dancers there are. And then the net. And they're not, there's no studios that are just there, most of the time, that are there just to rent, right? You have to work around their schedules and their classes and within their hours and, yeah, you know. I wonder if it would be possible to open up a space that is like 24-7, is like camera watched, is like you get a code, you know what I mean? So kind of like co-working spaces. Like a co-working yeah, space. Yeah, 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 no, for sure. Where you can just be like, we would like to book this time, but the studio between this, these hours and this hours, and they tell you if it's available or not. You pay via like e-transfer or online system, you get a code that's only valid between those hours, and it's like camera. Yeah. Video up monitored. Booking, I booked space, studio space in New York uh, last year. And it was so easy. It was literally <laughs> just like, yeah, here's like all the studios that are available, and here's the online calendar. And if you want this studio at this time, then just like send me this e-transfer. It comes on a first serve first basis. It should be up on the computer within ten minutes if somebody's booked it. That's crazy. And you're like, how? Like, wow! It was all like in one place. It's one fucking place. Yeah. There's your next. <laughs> it's like an online ca- also it's like it's not like life changing it's an online calendar it's right? something like figure it out yeah, yeah. You know? you're not like calling every single studio because nobody answers emails in a timely manner you're yeah. like yeah 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 I mean just fucking do it it's very yeah it was very simple I mean maybe it's because like there's so much space for studio space in New York and it's like very easy but yeah. And everybody's looking to like subsidize their rent in New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was super easy, but um, so you're thinking about developing the app for Dance Plug? Yes. And then onwards and upwards, any other ideas? Um, yeah, so I mean I run another company uh called Perform Escape. This is my own, you know, personal uh company. So we or I, <laughs> um, you know, try to help out, um, you know, dancers, choreographers with, uh, you know, audio mixes for any kind of like shows or competitions oh, and stuff. Cool. And, 
Um, also do some graphic design work. So I've, I'm working with a lot of, you know, local artists right now trying to rebrand, um, you know, their names or their companies. And uh, yeah, uh, I think that, I mean, from an artistic standpoint, I think that's where my mm-hmm. bread and butter is. And uh, yeah. Graphics. And audio. Yeah. And audio. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So um, yeah, I get a lot of, like, I have, I have a lot of fun doing that kind of stuff. Um, and I know like, a lot of uh, choreographers and teachers that I've uh, that I used to work with at Underground just like either hate doing it, don't know how to do it, or right. just don't want to do just it. Just don't want to do it. Yeah, I'm just gonna put these songs end to end. Yeah, it'll work, right? Yeah, yeah. No, there's a whole like layer than the Garage Band. <laughs> yeah, oh, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, been, I've been to enough, you know, events. At least I'd like to think I've been to enough events where it's like. How much time did you take to make this? Like, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I feel like with this service, it'll kind of help elevate, um, you know, the creative juices and give mm-hmm. them a second or another another perspective on how things could be done. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you DJ as well, right? I do. Yeah. Um, it's I don't I don't get a <laughs> I don't get as much gigs as I, I used to. Um, Back then, I, it was crazy. Like, you know, I'd be up till 3, 4 in the morning sometimes. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty tough. Um, I mean, I do enjoy getting, you know, the private events and gigs when they do come. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wouldn't say that's my first priority type gig that I want to take if it comes up. Right. Yeah. Is that how you kind of learned how to do your music event? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when you're a DJ, you start building an ear for you know, certain kinds of music that you listen to. Right. Um, so when I'm given, you know, if I'm working with like a choreographer and they're saying, you know, I want this to be like a one song set, for example, how can we manipulate that track mm-hmm. and still make it sound very appealing and not from an audience standpoint, like it doesn't look boring, you know, mm-hmm. with whatever kind of content you're putting on stage. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is that like, you know, if it's a competition mix, um, if they're giving me a set of songs, sometimes, uh, you know, choreographers will be like, you know, I need this and this to be the ending. Okay, well, why do you think it should be there? Um, right. You know, um, and so I, you know, offer an opinion based on fluidity too. Um, you know, if you're giving me a list, I'll be like, okay, this is what I think it should be. Um, and then give me reasons as to why, or I'll give you reasons as to why I feel this works. Um and yeah, we kind of trade off ideas to kind of, uh, you know, come up with the best, uh, you know, product for whatever content is being put out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I am one of those choreographers and dancers that just like cuts the music and like adds a fade at the end. I'm like, this is where I want it to end? Great. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, the competition music, you're like, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, do you get a lot of business from, have you reached out to competitions? Um, not yet. I knew, I mean, I think, I think that is going to be my target market. Um, so I guess when competition season starts, uh, starts, like you could probably expect like a, a little booth. I <laughs> yeah. went to the dance expo like three years ago. There's like this, it's like this huge dance teacher convention. Yeah. And there was a guy that was talking about, um, he was a music editor and how to edit your music. And yeah. I think it's knowledge that, like, even, like, me and Corinne, like, being, like, we fade it, and then we cut it, and we, like, layer it in GarageBand to, like, add the chorus here. That's, like, even more, that's, like, us, that's, like, quite a lot of knowledge, actually, for studio owners or studio teachers, because a lot of them just don't have that basic GarageBand 
Because they don't teach it in schools. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And you have to take the time to learn it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And if you don't have the time or you don't want to have the time, it's fine. No. You're just like, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, but then you're like contracting out someone else and yeah. paying part of your mm-hmm. wage, which is great for you because you're benefiting from it. But yeah. yeah. Or you're asking your teachers to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the- well, that's the thing. Like, if I if I were to reach out to studios, you know, the question is, you know, would they, you know, pay to outsource and have someone like me come in and and do their do that for them? You know, right? If they have enough. If it's a big enough studio, yeah, right. And they have like twelve, twenty think, numbers going. Yeah, I would look into more like suburban studios than in city studios. Mm-hmm. I think because I feel as though like a lot of teachers inside the city know how to cut their own music because like we're all artists and we're like we gotta figure it out yeah yeah <laughs> but like um if you go outside the city those i mean i feel like a lot of those teachers won't know yeah i mean chances are or even if you don't know how to do your chances are you'll know someone who will do it totally for you, you know? right yeah, yeah yeah or yeah i would say a suburban studios gta right. yeah 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 totally they'll do yeah and like offer to like I don't know, like have a, not telling you how to run your business, mm-hmm. but like have a package, yeah. or like do X amount of songs right. or X amount of minutes for like X amount of dollars. For sure. Mm-hmm. You know, free consultations. <laughs> yeah. Free <laughs> consultations. First one's on us. Yeah. <laughs> Randy will write your jingle. <laughs> I'm really good at it. <laughs> Go into the recording studio. Mm. Um, so you're talking a little bit about you're interested in starting, you guys are going to start dance books and have their own podcast. Yes. What is the basis of it? Um, I think right now is just um, you know providing a lot of these uh, up and coming and emerging um, artists in the urban and hip hop scene with um, you know people that have kind of you know set the what's the word I'm thinking of like I guess precedent tone. Um, I wouldn't say it's that. It's just like people who are the OGs or the um, yeah, I guess OGs would be the right. OGs term. of the urban community. Exactly. Yeah. So you who know, are some of those people? Yeah. So Mark, Mark Samuels, Luther Brown, um, the Dudad family. Um, so I think they kind of put Toronto on the map well before anything, like like right before anything that's happened now, I guess. Um, and um, yeah, just kind of hearing their stories on you know what it took for them to be successful, what kind of hardships they went through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the flip side, hearing from some emerging artists now um, on some of the things that they're kind of dealing with at the moment. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's something that like, um, you know, we haven't really drafted exactly what premise we want to go with yet. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it's just, it's all going to come up conversational, but you know, if we were to, I guess, promote which, um, you know, guests we're having on the podcast, you know, we would like an opportunity for our like followers to be like, you know, what kind of questions do you want us to ask? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I'm sure there's going to be someone out there who might want to know something, um, specific, mm-hmm. uh, that could obviously help other people. Right. Um, so try to, you know, engage the, you know, our followers and still keep them very much involved. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like thinking about like logistically that the setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a lot of prep work. It definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> definitely is. Yeah. No, it's a definitely, it's a whole different ballgame. Like, um, you know, like I already have the audio software for 
um, you know, cutting music and all that kind of stuff. And I can use that same software to, to, to record from the mic, but, um, <laughs> you know, when, when you're dealing with like voices, it's like, okay, well, how do I take out all this background stuff? And, you know, how do I not make it sound very, uh, I don't know, robot-y <laughs> or something yeah. like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a whole nother ball game. And then, like, do you do it in your home, like we're doing here? Do you, like, get a studio? Yeah. Because that's a whole other fee. Yeah, that's yeah. something that uh, and, like, we're going to definitely look into. Like we just talked about. Yeah. yeah. No studios. Studio's going to give you that sound quality that you probably hear on, like, professional podcasts, right? Yeah. yeah. And then less editing or sound mixing, mm-hmm. but yeah. I like the cost. Yeah. No, I think uh, just finding a nice, quiet place with any, with no really, with not a lot of ambient noise, I guess, right. would be a good way to start. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's still a lot of things that we got to discuss with the team and figure out exactly how that goes. And who's on the team? Um, so right now there's, uh, a couple of people. So there's, uh, myself and then, um, we just recruited someone. Her name is Catherine, Catherine Johnston. Um, so we just recently put out, put out a post, um, you know, looking for brand ambassadors and stuff. Cause I'm finding that like. You know, I can't be two places at once, obviously. So mm-hmm. when certain events are happening, you know, we would like to have some sort of representation out there as well. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're still looking for some some more people. Um, talking with a couple of people to see who uh, would be interested in maybe hosting the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think, like, you know, once it's started, like, uh, the amount of support we've gotten is just, you know, something that's, uh, you know, I'm very grateful for. Because, um, Yeah. It's good to know there's there's a support system there. Right. The community it's, is quite support supportive yeah. in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it yeah, I think it has to do with like the limited amount of everything. Resources, the limited amount of jobs that come our way here mm-hmm. compared to the US. I think if the yeah, if it's not supportive it's not healthy. Yeah. Right. Not beneficial. Do you find that there's like a scarcity mentality though? Because there's not as many, as much work right. that there, it can get more competitive and it can get like standoffish because people are worried about if they have work coming. Yeah. I think, I mean, you know, healthy competition is always great because uh, it pushes the boundaries of your creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, you know, I mean, for me, it's just like, it, it, it kills me how, you know, Toronto's given the name of being Hollywood North and we don't have anything you know, we don't have these quality opportunities that come, you know. Um, yeah. But also, who's calling it that? <laughs> <laughs> Tell them to stop. Yeah. It's <laughs> a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys uh, have read um, recently about an article that Netflix might be opening up a studio here. I hear that's a, that is happening. Oh, it is. And it's been happening for a while. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking, like, you know, if it does, if it happens, you know, I, 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 yeah, it'll it's definitely so help. so much work. Yeah. So. Netflix edition tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> For Paul Bleakers, let it snow. Yeah. Some movie or episode, yep. apparently. Oh. Yep. Saw that posting the other day. Mm-hmm. Mm. So yep. last minute, isn't it? When did you guys, did you guys get that post too? No. Um, you know, I found it in passing on my own personal feed. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. That's, I do feel like a lot of editions just come out of fucking nowhere. And it's like a five, on Friday at like 5 p.m. And you're like, how do I make that work? Yeah. I yeah. found it, yeah. You're like, I don't even know. Yeah, a lot of like major additions just I feel like there's no prep work for them. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no addition page really where like everything goes to. I feel like it's all just like people sharing things from like all over. Yeah. 
Yeah. I know there are a couple of like accounts that deal specifically with castings, but I think it's for like acting. Yeah. It's all different stuff. Yeah. 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 So, um, that could be somewhere like, it'd be nice to just have, if it'd be nice to have the dance block just centralized for everything that just comes in. Just, right. You know. Well, yeah. Just like on the app, two buttons. That's all you need. Yeah. Right? It's true. <laughs> Auditions, events, yeah. and then you yeah. go into calendars. Yeah. Auditions, events, classes, and workshops. Yeah. Three buttons. Three buttons. That'd be great. Fine. <laughs> Um, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. This mm-hmm. is great. Is being an artist fucking killing you? If you'd asked me that question three years ago, I probably would have said yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think now that I'm an entrepreneur, it is, um, I wouldn't say it's killing me. It's, if anything, it's, it's more of an invigorating type of experience for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like we, as artists just have to continuously, um, you know, I guess like look for that kind of knowledge, um, to stimulate our creativity. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, no, I wouldn't say right now that (laughs) it's killing me at the moment. Talk to me a little bit about that word entrepreneur that you just said. You seemed like you were saying it, but your body was also rejecting it a little yeah. bit. Um, Why th- is that? Yeah. No, it's because I think for me, it's just, uh, it's a new ball game for me. Like I've never, I've always worked for someone my entire life. Right. So now being, you know, I guess the boss and just being in control of what, um, you know, I want to do is, is something that is very new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does... I think it does kind of scare me in a way, mm-hmm. um, but I, I embrace the challenge, and I think that um, you know we don't grow if we if we don't challenge ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Thanks so much, Roy. Yeah, Thanks, for coming Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you guys all for listening. Um, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, all the things. Download us on Spotify. Download us on iTunes. We're launching our newsletter. Go sign up. It's going to be four times we're going to start with. Four times a year. Four times a year. Um, In it, we're going to include some shows um, and some additions. And speaking about community board, we're going to have a community board where people, there'll be shows and workshops and all of those great things. Um, And past guests, if you're wanting to connect with them. Yeah. Thank you so much. Great.